This episode is dedicated to Black Lives Matter. This overall podcast is called The Quiet Rebels, but my friend, now is not the time to be quiet. So in this episode today, I am going to be walking you through the four stages of anti-racism. And no, I did not create this resource. Every resource I mention, every name I mention, will be cited and linked in the show notes today, so you can check them out for yourself. But the reason why I wanted to bring this to light today is because of what's happening in the world. Even though many of the riots, many of the things that are happening are actually in America, it doesn't mean that the rest of the world gets to rest and gets to say, oh, this doesn't include me, because it does. And I am not speaking from a pedestal, because I too am guilty, my friend. This wasn't apparent to me until one of my best friends shared this on her Instagram. So this is a shout out to Gabby Waltz. She's actually been one of my besties ever since we joined the same mastermind last year in 2019. We were like instant besties. We locked it in before the mastermind even started. And I have seen her use her voice so powerfully, especially over these last few days, around the matters that have always meant something to her. And now her fire is lit. These are the two things that really woke me up. And in case it hasn't hit you yet, I hope that this does the same for you. So, the two quotes. One is by Archbishop Desmond Tutu, who shared that if you are neutral in situations of injustice, you have chosen the side of the oppressor. Let that sink in. Yeah, I have almost proudfully said in the past, oh, I'm neutral in situations. But now I realize how much of a cop-out that was. I wasn't neutral. I was just scared to choose sides. I was scared to have my own voice heard in case that it was wrong or in case that it rocked the boat. But I realize now Neutrality is the killer. And it's reinforced by the next quote by Martin Luther King Jr. Who said that in the end, we'll remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. No more silence. No more standing on the sidelines while everything else happens for you even if you're not directly the target take responsibility as i am starting to because my friend i felt safe okay and that is really difficult to admit but it's true in my mind i was an automatic ally because as a person of color As someone who's Chinese, I've also been subject to my own racism. 
I've been told to go back to a country I've never called home in the middle of the street when I was young. When I was a teenager, I've had rocks thrown at me, drinks thrown at me, threatened to be beaten up in a neighborhood I still live in. But that was no excuse for me. I have my own racism battle to fight, but now is not my time to fight. Now it's time to support the side that is and has always been fighting. So if you have done the work, then yes, you're an ally. But if you haven't, then you are not yet. But you can be. And that's what these four stages of anti-racism are going to help walk you through. And I'm actually going to be sharing a little bit of my perspective because I am neither white nor black. But I wanted to see what role I could help play in this. But before I do go through those four stages, I do want to give a shout out to my incredible friends. Thank you, Reese, Trey, Tony, Brandon, Cheeto, and to Nancy. Nancy is the reason why this podcast is on point every single week. I've worked with her for about three months now, ever since like, my own plate started getting a bit full. And she's really taken it and run with it. And she's the reason why this podcast is even possible to come out every single week without fail. So thank you, Nancy. To Cheeto, who's actually a new friend of mine. We connected recently over on Instagram. Then we jumped on our first Zoom call together. And it was really wonderful how quickly we understood each other. To Brandon, who was actually one of the first people to ever jump on a cup of ketchup school, which is it was when I like first got to know him, and then he became the community manager of this copywriter community that I've been a part of for a couple of years now. To Tony Coleman, she's always been so kind and supportive of this podcast especially when I came out on my podcast around October and she's always been so kind and gracious and an amplifier of women's voices especially women of color to Dre Addison he's actually also been in the same mastermind as Gabby and I and I met him in real life for the second time in March and that's when we really got connected and on that day when I felt that really immense connection did I invite him onto the podcast he is episode the guest for episode number 45 where he talks about why your message matters and my goodness does his message matter it always has and to my brother Reese he's been a part of my life for four years now and there's something about the connection that we have with our fellow Filipino brother. And when I asked him, how could we help? 
And what I noticed about Reese, about Dre, Tony, Brandon, Cheeto, everyone, is that they were so gracious and so welcoming to us learning. There was no, there was nothing, like no, like, oh my God, I can't believe you're only speaking to me because of this. No, not at all. They were like, thank you for seeing us and standing with us. These are the people we're supporting. Okay? And let me tell you, they're tired of fighting alone now. So let's fight with them. And here's how we can start. As I walk you through these four stages of anti-racism, I will be sharing a little bit of the perspective that has shaken me these last few days, not to highlight me or anything like that, but to let you know how these stages can impact you when you do the work. Okay? So, this resource is by wherechangestarted.com Four Stages of Anti-Racism which is a proactive approach. It's not good enough anymore, never has been good enough to say, I'm not racist. That's the neutrality that we've talking about. That's, you know, the quote I said earlier, if you're neutral in situations of injustice, you've chosen the side of the oppressor. So if you continue to say, I am not racist, making you feel like you, have to, you, you don't need to do any more work, that is the problem. And I'm not pointing fingers at you because I haven't done the work either. Never have, but I will now. Stage one, awareness. This is your initial awakening to the racial injustices around you. You are not only finally able to see that they exist, but that you play a crucial role in stopping the cycle by becoming anti-racist. Being aware of racial injustices or understanding that you have white privilege won't make you anti-racist, however. So you have to keep going through the remaining stages. Brace yourself, though. This awakening is not a one-time event. It will happen once on a broad level regarding race and white supremacy, but will continue to happen on issue-specific levels as you dive deeper into the work and create space for more and more varied lived experiences in your understanding of these systems. So if you're like me, you're probably in stage number one, suddenly being aware of how being quote unquote not racist has never been good enough. That's definitely where I stood. And even though I am not white, I am equally guilty because I haven't done the active work of anti-racism. I am not an automatic ally. None of us are. We don't get to earn that title of being an ally until we've done the work, and rightfully so. So I'm there with you in this awareness stage, okay? I have been crying nonstop for the last couple of days because of this realization of how this silence, how this neutrality has actually been so detrimental. 
And I want to take a quick side note. I'm aware of my own privilege now. Because in all honesty, I never saw it. Which means I have it. I always thought just because I was subject to racism myself as a child and even to this day as an adult, even though I've been subject to it doesn't mean that I'm immune. I am neither side per se. I am neither on the side of white supremacy. And I and I'm not black either. So I've never understood either side fully. I've only ever understood from my perspective. And I acknowledge that my silence has been conditioned into me as a minority. And it is my fault for not realizing sooner. But I'm, I can't stop there. There's, the responsibility needs to be taken. And I hope that this episode inspires you, or at least wakes you up, to make it happen for yourself too. So this is the first stage, even becoming aware. And that is good for now. But let's move on to the next stages and then I will recap at the end and I will link the sources in the show notes so that you can see for yourself, okay? So the first stage is awareness. If you hear clicking, it's because I am reading this off because again, I did not create this resource. I want to make sure that I accurately share what has already been shared. So number two, education. This is where many of us are actually going to be starting like now you may be a bit more aware of what you do so education this is where you become intentional you become an intentional student in this work whether you attend workshops webinars lectures read blog posts read books watch documentaries all of this is to help you to study the complexities of racism and the many ways it manifests in our society without us even realizing it the point of educating yourself on race and white supremacy isn't for you to articulate these complex topics in intellectual debates about inequality it goes far beyond that it's about you being able to develop an eye for identifying white supremacy in its many forms and that's without you being handheld to do so so this stage of the process is absolutely crucial for the remaining stages because you do need a solid understanding you need that foundational understanding of white supremacy and race in order to begin the true work of dismantling it in your life whether it's your thoughts your beliefs the practices and everything that perpetuates and upholds it please educate yourself with intention don't just kind of gather resources together to skim them and not dive deep into them that's why I'm not going to give you a huge list of resources. I want to give you like one core one to start. And it's this, okay? And I do this not to kind of silence the other voices who are sharing other matters at hand. But I don't want overwhelm to be an excuse why you don't do this. Because you're like, oh, there's so many resources to get started with. Start with this first. Trust me, the resource lists are out there. And if you do want more resources, then I can send them your way. 
but I want you to kind of like stick to the, the path of starting here first. Okay? That's number two. Stage number three, self-interrogation. This is where the real work begins because where you disarm yourself, the racist tools of defense that you've used to bypass the work of anti-racism and harm black people in your efforts. This is where you begin to replace them with tools of accountability to stop racist behaviors, whether it's yours or the people around you. Self-interrogation is a skill and a process that don't expect to get it perfect straight away. But being affective and efficient takes time and practice. And while it will start out as part of the work, there will be a lot more discomfort within you at first. But you will get to a place where you're operating out of a growth mindset. And when you'll embrace many different ways to identify how you can be better at living up to the person you want to be in this fight for human equality. When you start to look at yourself, look within yourself and see where you've gone wrong so far. This is a stage of reflection, forgiveness and action because beating yourself up about it of how wrong you've had it so far that is not going to help anyone. So please give yourself the space to forgive yourself and continue moving forward. There's no pity party here. Self-interrogation is, it sounds rough because it is. It will shake you. It will make you uncomfortable as it has for me as well. So you're not alone in that. But this is the stage that happens after education. And finally, community action. Only after the appropriate effort in the self-interrogation stage of the work of being an anti-racist can you even be trusted to do anti-racism work in a way that honours black people or BIPOC, so black indigenous people of colour. Attempting to do this part of the work without doing stage three first is how you end up harming them with white saviorism, performative performative allyship, and more. So that's why in stage four, you have to have self-interrogated yourself first. You have to educate yourself, become aware. Because this is the stage where you incorporate what you've learned during your process, your ongoing process. It's not a weekend thing. It's not what you do after work. It's something that's consistent and intentional. So incorporate what you've learned during your ongoing process of becoming an anti-racist in your everyday life. You leverage your positions of leadership and influence, no matter how big or small. So just because like, if you have a tiny email list, that's still something. Okay, That tiny email list is still filled with humans who can be influencers and good voices. Okay. So, you can also elevate the intellectual contributions and scholarship of BIPOC educators and thought leaders in the process. At this stage of the work, don't think that you can do this without being mistake-free or saying the wrong thing. But it's how you handle it. That's what matters. That's what makes a difference. 
you stop it from being repeated. You learn from your mistakes, just like any other aspect in life. When there's a mistake made, learn from it. Don't pity party yourself. You can feel the emotions, absolutely. But don't stop at the feeling. Start with the action. When you lead by examples with your failures, this is one of the many ways that you can do this work authentically. So don't delete it if you got it wrong. Own up to it. Say that you will learn more. And do learn more. So these are the four stages of anti-racism. And I am at stage one. I am suddenly becoming very aware. Not even acutely aware, but like incredibly aware of my own awakening. Stage one is awareness. You suddenly start to see all the injustice around you. That's a start, because now you can start recognising it. Now that you've started to recognise it, that it's almost everywhere. No, scratch that, it is everywhere. When you start to acknowledge everywhere, then you need to move to stage two, education, to understand why it's there. Stage three, self-interrogation. When you know why it's there, you understand how you have subconsciously perpetuated it. And it's not entirely your fault. There's many, many of it is how we conditioned, we were conditioned like as children to believe and to see certain things and to not have it pass through you like what truly matters. So while it may have not been your fault in the past, it is your fault if it continues in your future and the future of our generations ahead. Self-interrogation. Only when you've done your own work, you've educated yourself, you've applied it to yourself, become aware of your own actions even more. That's the only time you can truly contribute to the people who've always been fighting at the front lines. And that, my friend, those are the four stages of anti-racism. Again, it's from wherechangestarted.com. And I highly recommend that you get started with the book as well, How to Be an Anti-Racist by Ibram X. Kendi. I'll link it into the show notes as well. And this episode wasn't about shaming you. I really hope you know that. I'm with you on this journey that many of us have just started for the first time when it comes to anti-racism. I've always been neutral, I've always been silent, but I can't use the excuse anymore that that's how I was raised, I was conditioned as a ethnic minority to be quiet, to not kick up a fuss, to not raise any concerns because silence is was our version of safety. But I'm done with feeling safe because safety has been detrimental to the people who've always been fighting. So I want to close this episode today with just a little forgiveness and this final quote by Maya Angelou. 
who shared, do the best you can until you know better. And when you know better, do better. Now is not the time to kick yourself and beat yourself up for all the things you didn't know. You couldn't have known that. If you've chosen to listen to this episode today, that has been a part of your choice to learn more and to do more. This episode has been brought to you by someone who has had a piece of both sides. Not only being subject to racism as an ethnic minority, but I now also recognise my own Asian privilege. So I hope that this perspective opened something for you and propelled you to learn more of what you can do to help so that the world that our future generations will live in will not be one where racial injustice or any discrimination, any injustice is tolerated. Thank you for listening.